BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hi, this is Newt. 2020 is going to be one of the most extraordinary election years of our lifetime. I want to invite you to join my inner circle as we discuss each twist and turn in the presidential race in my members-only Inner Circle Club. You'll receive special flash briefings, online events, and members-only audio reports from me and my team. Here is a special offer for my podcast listeners. Join my Inner Circle today at newtsinnercircle.com slash podcast. And if you sign up for a one- or two-year membership, you'll get 10% off your membership price and a VIP fast pass to my live events. Join my inner circle today at newtsinnercircle.com slash podcast. Use the code podcast at checkout. Sign up today at newtsinnercircle.com slash podcast and use the code podcast. Hurry, this offer expires February 14th. Today, the Republican majority is not judging the president with fairness, but impeaching him with a vengeance. In the investigation of the president, fundamental principles which Americans hold dear, privacy, fairness, checks and balances, have been seriously violated. And why? Because we are here, as we are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred of President Clinton, and until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. They know quite properly that an impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election. And one of the reasons we all feel so angry about what they are doing is that they are ripping from us, they are ripping asunder our votes. They are telling us that our votes don't count and that the election must be set aside. The American people don't think that they have made a mistake by electing Bill Clinton. 
And we in Congress had better be very careful before we upset their decision and make darn sure that we are able to convince them if we decide to upset their decision that our decision to impeach him was based upon principle and not politics. On this episode of Newt's World, as we watch the impeachment hearings this week, I am constantly asked by journalists what my experience was during the Clinton impeachment in 1998 when I was the Speaker of the House. Frankly, I haven't wanted to talk about it and get all involved in it, but when I watched Nancy Pelosi tell us that for two and a half years she had been plotting this impeachment, I felt that I had to speak out about the difference between what we did in 1998 and what they are doing now because they are amazingly different. One of the biggest criticisms of the process has been the speed at which the House Democrats speed? are moving. If this is, but seriously though, seriously. It's been going on for 22 months, okay? <laughs> Two and a half years, actually. I was particularly offended when Speaker Pelosi said this week that they had been working for two and a half years to impeach President Trump. And I thought, this is such a disgustingly false approach that somebody has to stand up and just say enough. As you know, I was the Speaker of the House during the impeachment of Bill Clinton. But the truth is, if you go back and look at a very interesting book by Steve Gillen called The Pact, Bill Clinton, Newt Gingrich, and the rivalry that defined a generation, we didn't spend all of our time fighting each other. We thought that as Speaker of the House and President of the United States, we had an obligation to America to do things for America. So if you go back and look, you'll find that we passed welfare reform, which was the most successful effort to help poor people leave welfare and get jobs. More children left poverty and rose in income because of welfare reform than any other time in American history. We passed Food and Drug Administration reform, something which Congressman Joe Barton had worked on for years. We passed telecommunications reform to open up the system and enable us to have a more modern, more rapidly changing telecommunications program, something which Congressman John Dingell, the senior person in the Congress, said he had hoped for years. He never thought it would happen. And as a Democrat, he had to confess that we had managed to pass something that he thought was almost miraculous. And working with President Clinton, we passed four consecutive years of a balanced budget. We also had the economy growing faster because we passed the largest capital gains tax cut in history. And the president and I worked together to create the Hart-Rudman Commission, which was a three-year study of American national security and which warned about attacks in American cities by terrorists at the beginning of 2001, about eight months before the actual attack occurred. So Clinton and I had worked on lots of stuff. In fact, all through the period of the investigation and then the impeachment, we still worked on things, particularly dealing with Saddam Hussein and the problem of what's happening in Iraq. And I routinely would support the president if he took strong steps, even though we were fighting over this issue of impeachment. What happened with impeachment with us, which is the exact opposite of what we've seen by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, we were faced with a report from an independent counsel, Ken Starr, and he said President Clinton is guilty on 11 counts. The question was, 
not about sex in the Oval Office. The impeachment was actually about a finding by an independent counsel that on 11 counts, the President of the United States had broken the law. Now, compare that with where we are right now. You had a two-year Mueller report done by people who hated President Trump or active left-wing Democrat lawyers, and they couldn't find anything to use the word guilty. The closest they could come was say, well, we haven't proven he's innocent, which, of course, is nonsense because the American system, you are innocent unless you're proven guilty. That's the best they could do. I mean, that's how pathetic this was. And so you then have the difference in how we approached it. The only way this can work for the good of the nation is for it to be seen as a constitutional process that requires judgment that is based on fact and in which there is a very serious effort to work together. I do believe that we have made a good start at making this a nonpartisan effort. We intend to communicate a lot through this process. I think it's important that we use the precedents that the House has used in the past, in particular in the Watergate process, or the way reports were received and the way the matter was handled. At the time we received the report from Ken Starr, it was very clear that he was saying again and again that Clinton was guilty. His technical language was, President Clinton lied under oath. He goes right down the list. He doesn't in any way question that these things had happened. If you have 11 counts that are explicit, that say again and again, you've obstructed justice, you've tampered with witnesses, you've lied under oath, that the word guilty is pretty reasonable. I also would say for people who want to dig into it in detail, you can in fact go to our show page. We are posting the entire report by Ken Starr. It's the holiday season, and what better time to give than now? You know, you can't take your money with you. Go to deltarescue.org newt and learn more about how you can support Delta Rescue through estate planning this holiday. Delta Rescue is celebrating 40 years and is the only no-kill, care-for-life home for more than 1,500 dogs, cats, and horses that have all been abandoned in the wilderness. It is a mountaintop ranch in Los Angeles beautifully landscaped and surrounded by rolling hills. The perfect sanctuary for our lost furry friends. You know how I feel about animals. They are pure souls who only want to give love and get love unconditionally. What founder Leo Grillo is doing at Delta Rescue is amazing, helping to save and care for these innocent creatures so they can live safely and in peace. For more information, go directly to deltarescue.org newt and ask for a free estate package. And since it's the holiday season, enjoy the movie Magic right there on the website free. It's a heartwarming story of a dog that is an angel played by Christopher Lloyd. Go to deltarescue.org slash newt, watch this holiday family movie, and request Newt's free estate planning package. Again, my package is only available on deltarescue.org slash newt. one of our smartest congressmen to go up to New Jersey to talk with the Democrat who had chaired the Watergate Judiciary Committee and who really had done an amazing job. Everybody agreed that during the Watergate period, the work was seen as being really fair. 
the rules have been really good. And so we really wanted to find out how had they done it, what had they done, and the fact is that it was worked in such a bipartisan way and it was so open that they got a substantial number of Republicans to vote with them. And so we wanted to find out were there firm ground rules that would enable us to do that. Now, the fact is, when you're dealing with that kind of thing, you really want to know how do we bring back to Washington these kind of things. And we were very lucky. The retired chairman actually allowed us to systematically bring all of his basic rules back. We really talked it through. And at that point, we felt that it was very important that we use exactly the same rules that the Democrats had used. Now, when we did that, we actually had a bipartisan press conference with Minority Leader Gephardt announcing, for example, that we had agreed on a bipartisan basis that we would print the entire Star report This is the opposite of what you've seen being done by Schiff. We went over backwards and said, we want everybody to have an opportunity to read what Starr had sent. So we agreed to print the entire report and to make it available so that people could know what was going on. The difference between that and what happened with Schiff is amazing. The chairman, Peter Rodino, was very clear about running a fair and an honest approach to this whole thing. Jim Rogan kept a diary of of this whole experience, who later on, by the way, wrote a very fine book called Catching the Flag. He carries you through the entire impeachment process, including the trial in the Senate. Unlike Nancy Pelosi, we didn't spend two and a half years trying to destroy a president. We spent my entire speakership trying to work with the president. We achieved a huge number of very big legislative things. We managed to work together and negotiate together. I think we met some 35 days to hammer out a balanced budget. The only four balanced budgets in your lifetime were produced by the Republican Congress and the Democratic president. We listen to the will of the American people, that we reach beyond parties, we reach beyond institutions, and we find ways to get things done. And when we did have to have this this, this very challenging and very difficult process of impeachment. We tried to do it in an absolutely fair way so that people would understand that we were, in fact, trying to give the country a judicial approach, something which was the right thing to do. People could say, all right, you may not agree with it. And certainly, as it became more and more partisan, people began to really sort of go into their separate sides. So the longer it went on, the harder it was for any Democrat to be with us. And by the way, this is what you're seeing right now. The longer it goes on, the more difficult it is for any Republican to be with the Democrats. And frankly, Schiff has handled it so badly that it's inconceivable that they're going to get any Republican votes in either the House or the Senate because they just think that that he is a disaster. But the fact is that when we did vote to have the investigation, the original vote, to have an impeachment inquiry was, in fact, one which was truly bipartisan. And that's I think, was a great shock to a lot of Democrats. Candidly, I think it was a great shock to President Clinton. So I think that it's dramatically different to look at the way that Nancy Pelosi has set this up. Remember, first of all, she just admitted this week she has been thinking about this and working on this for two and a half years. Now, that means that for virtually the entire time that we've had 
President Trump in office, the Democratic leader of the House has been trying to figure out how to destroy him. I think that is a, a remarkable situation, and I can't imagine what it would be like to spend all your time trying to dig into these things. Second, remember, when they did decide to do it, they made it totally partisan. And the fact is that when they made it totally partisan, that it just guaranteed that they weren't going to get any kind of support from the Republicans. And that literally is what happened. I think the other thing to remember is that the way they handled this stuff in secret is unprecedented. They violated every single principle of fairness in the way Schiff set it up, the way it was structured. And I think that it's very important to recognize this. It was not being done with any sense of fairness. It wasn't being done with any sense of allowing the Republicans to have a fair opportunity. It wasn't being done with any sense of the president having a fair opportunity. That's how bad this was. From my perspective, as somebody who really worked very hard to see that we could move forward in a historic manner and do it in an officially correct way, I just thought that what she said this last week was absolutely wrong. Hi, this is Newt Gingrich. After I served as Speaker of the House, I opened my own business, Gingrich 360. As a business owner, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That is what NetSuite by Oracle has set out to solve. Because most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that is why many businesses fail. question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances, all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. No more guessing. No more worry the way you don't know could kill your company. That's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com newt. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com newt. That's netsuite.com newt. In 1994, when we won control for the first time in 40 years, we wanted to achieve big things. We wanted to reform welfare. We wanted to balance the budget. We wanted to modernize the Food and Drug Administration. We wanted to modernize telecommunications. We wanted to work on rethinking all of our national security issues. In that setting, you have to recognize that you couldn't go after all those big things if you're going to spend every single day plotting how to destroy the president. And so what you see here is the opposite. You have a Pelosi-led left-wing Democratic Party, which apparently spent virtually all of its time, she says, for two and a half years, trying to figure out how to destroy President Trump to draw a very sharp distinction between what we did and what they did. We actually had an open process. There were a number of charges brought up that were voted down. For example, on the question of abuse of power, 81 Republicans voted no. But that was the right way, because it was an open process. We didn't try to make sure that we passed every single thing. But here's the key. When you are dealing with the president of the United States, who is the leader of the country under the Constitution, the commander-in-chief, 
You can't get up every morning trying to destroy him and then think you're somehow going to serve the country. Pelosi is very far to the left of where President Trump is. She frankly doesn't want to get done most of the stuff he wants to get done. She's probably infuriated by the degree to which he has been successful with judgeships where he and Senator McConnell have done an amazing job and have now replaced about one out of every four judges in the country with a constitutionally oriented conservative. So from Pelosi's ideological standpoint, it's been terrible. We were closer to Clinton. It was easier for us to work together. But we also had a desire to work together. Uh, I mean, the fact is, I don't think that Pelosi and her left-wing team have ever wanted to work together with the president. We thought that Clinton was legitimate. Um, He'd won by a good margin in 1992. He won by a decisive margin in 1996. It never occurred to us that he was illegitimate. But if you listen to Democrats, they really, from election night on, have thought that President Trump was illegitimate, that he shouldn't have been in the White House. Their job was to get him out of the White House. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. I support impeaching this president. I will fight every day until he is impeached. It may well produce impeachment. We're going to go in there. We're going to impeach the mother. Begin impeachment proceedings now. We are introducing articles of impeachment to remove President Trump from office. I rise today, Mr. Speaker, to call for the impeachment of the president. You guys are going to be in a situation where you would have to possibly take a vote on the impeachment Donald Trump. Would you vote yes or no? I would vote yes. I would vote. I would vote to impeach. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. They're terrified he's going to win re-election. And so I think that's really important to understand. You are dealing with different ideological environment. You're dealing with different personalities. Clinton and I were both sort of graduate students. We both liked ideas. We liked talking. We liked getting, you know, we're comfortable getting together and having conversations. I think it's very hard for Pelosi to try to deal with President Trump. And I think she finds that trying to deal with President Trump is very unpleasant and she doesn't want to do it. We should recognize how dramatically different our two situations were. And it's clear from what Nancy Pelosi said this last week, not just to her junior members or her radical members, but that she saw herself for two and a half years trying to destroy the president. As the leader of the House, I hope the country looks at it and realizes that this is a genuine dereliction of duty, a fundamentally unconstitutional approach, and one where they don't have anything that any outside counsel has found him guilty of. So they just keep making it up. I was so incensed to what she said because I think we need to set the record straight. I really urge you to go and and read the book which was done about the pact because he was surprised. He came and interviewed me and he said he was shocked to discover how much Clinton and I worked together, how many things we'd gotten done, and that we actually had planned that we were going to launch at the beginning of 1998 a very big project to reform Medicare and reform Social Security, and that was all blown up by the Lewinsky scandal and the impeachment. So actually our interest had been to focus on historic reforms that had we been able to do it, would have made this country dramatically healthier and dramatically stronger in its fiscal house. I think you'll find that it's shockingly different than the news media version and that Steve Gillen, who's a professor, has unearthed some fascinating conversations, talked to a lot of our staff on both sides, and came to a conclusion that what we were doing was just dramatically different 
than anything he'd expected. You can read more about the Clinton impeachment and read the Star Report on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Westwood One. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers, and our producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our editor is Robert Borowski, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. Our guest booker is Tamara Coleman. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. The music was composed by Joey Salvia. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360 and Westwood One's John Wardock and Robert Mathers. Please email me with your comments at newt at newtsworld.com. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. On the next episode of Newt's World, on Christmas morning, 1776, General George Washington's Continental Army soldiers work up in their camp along the Delaware River to a frozen, snow-covered ground. As weather conditions worsen and temperatures continue to drop, General Washington led his troops across the river and the next morning surrounded the Hessian garrison at Trenton. The Battle of Trenton would become a turning point in the Revolutionary War. I think it's fair to say that it was the Christmas miracle that made America possible. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You.